listening to Chillin' Grace, the lifestyle podcast for women disrupting the norm by chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with successful women to disrupt the norm by trusting themselves with what they want for their life, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just this. We all deserve to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to know we aren't alone when what we want for our life may seem too big, too different, or too weird. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to it. Welcome to episode 13 of Chill and Grace. It has been over a month since my last podcast has been released. I am so happy to be back with each and every one of you today. My last scheduled podcast was on June 4th, but on May 25th, George Floyd was murdered and the whole world took notice. This racial revolution, racial um, recognition, reconciliation, I'm not quite sure how to call it with the amount of respect it deserves, but I know that it's all taken a hold of us in different ways and things have shifted in a way that we've never seen before. And I know what I do is important and I'm extremely passionate about it and I know who I serve is important, but in full transparency, when that all started to happen, I felt a sense of what is this all worth? How important is this? Like there's other things so much bigger than um, me and what I'm doing how do I honor what's going on in my own way? So I took a while to step back and I'm so glad I did. I've been learning and unlearning and reading and have conversations and I'm going to continue to do this so that I can be a better ally for our friends of color, our um, LGBTQI community and anybody out there who is facing this time of unrest and unfairness. So I'm back because I know the work that we do here is important. I know it's important for us all to tell our story and to open up our lives in a way that others can see what it's like to be us and that we can see that we're not alone. And maybe people are listening that don't fully understand that a topic that we're talking about on this podcast, but that they will walk away saying, okay, I get that. And I think now more than ever, it's really important and to really look at each other with fresh eyes and open eyes and non-judgment and compassion to hear their stories. And so that's why I'm here today. And like I said, I had a moment of time of saying, what's it all worth? And I don't know if that resonates for you out there because I had that feeling kind of when COVID happened. And then when this all happened, these thoughts of like, what really matters And I think it's important for us. And I think that it can be both. We can do the work to be a better ally for our black brothers and sisters and also put the work in towards our own goals. And we can be joyful for the moments in our life and also sadness for the where the world's at. It's not a one or the other. So I want you to, if that's you, just just sit on that for a bit and give yourself the space and grace to look at where you're at and say, you know, I can still mourn the loss of what's going on in the States, but also, um, make, you know, start that business I want to start it. And I can still be very passionate about helping people disrupt the norm with what they want for their life, whether it's being child-free or a relationship or a job or whatever those societal norms are breaking through, I can still do that and be passionate about it, but also care about minorities in my community. Um, So just know that. And I think that we're all in a place of how do we move forward, but also not forget all the lessons we're learning. So that's important for me. I'm going to continue to read, continue to learn, continue to have those conversations, but also push through for my passion, which is really helping those out there share their truth. Today, I sit down with Sarah, and Sarah is a child-free woman from the UK who, like all my good podcast guests, we connected on Instagram. And it was really interesting because we'd connected in February and she was really excited, ready to tell her story. We had scheduled something and it wasn't until May that we got it taped and she would reschedule and I wouldn't hear from her for a while. And then, you know, she'd asked to reschedule and then we could never get a date set. And I, I sense a ton of hesitancy on that. And she really shares in this episode, which I think is so, so powerful, is that even though she was confident in her decision, even though she knew what she wanted and her and her husband are agreement and her family knew the stigma of being child-free still weighed so heavily on her from on her to prevent her from stopping and telling her story. And so she really talks how to work through that, working through that piece of the stigma and the recognition of how powerful that is was the step to really propel her to get this taped. So I'm so glad you're here today and I hope you enjoy this conversation just as much as I did. 
Good morning. I am here with Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you me. for having me. I always love having like the British on because you guys sound so elegant and it just it makes <laughs> me feel fancy. We try. <laughs> <laughs> we try. Awesome. Well, I um I talked a little bit in my intro about how I met you, but um we met on Instagram. You had followed me through my child-free podcast and content, and you had kind of reached out, I believe it was mid-February, on possibly us doing a podcast together. Yeah, and um now we talk about it, I feel like that was very presumptuous of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. I love anybody that is willing to share their story because I think we all don't think our stories matter, but they absolutely do. And I know people will find what you've gone through interesting and kind of take away some aha moments. Yeah, and I guess that's why I thought perhaps it would be interesting to other people because I'd had a pretty hard time not not making the decision that I'm child free by choice because that felt quite that felt natural that that's always that's for a long time felt like the right thing but I'd felt quite isolated um not at all persecuted mm. I didn't really feel from I haven't ever really felt from anyone you know or, or that that's wrong or you know you shouldn't do that but I definitely felt like I I'm I'm just here by myself I, I don't really know anyone else who is the, the same as me in in that regard and so I, I definitely went looking for content um, and that's when I found your podcast. Um, and yeah, you, you, you just seemed extremely approachable and, and, and I thought, well, I'll just say hi because the point of this was to find content, but also find people. And, and yeah, we, we <laughs> thankfully, and I'm really grateful for it connected and, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been so great getting to know you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yes, I think that's so because I think the isolation is so key for people, especially when they're doing something a little different than what society tells them to. Um, so it's been a big passion of mine to kind of bring this conversation in the forefront. And I think anybody's story, whether they don't think it's that unique, it just shows the power in making a decision and stepping into it and showing that it is like a normal decision. Um, and I believe we spoke, it was mid-February, and we had talked about doing this, and then I knew, I know you were going through a job change at the time, um, and then, you know, here we are, what, like, two or three months later doing this. What, I know you had a little apprehensive on sharing your story. Tell me a little bit more about what that was about for you when we started Yeah, talking. it was, it was kind of interesting. I reached out to you, and we talked, and then I said, oh, and, and if you need someone else for the podcast, I'd be up for doing it, and then. And then I kind of went, oh, oh, God, am I? Am, am I up for doing it? <laughs> that feels really scary. And um, I'm massively hesitating. And we, a couple of times, organized a talk, and then I would flake you. And so, you know, first of all, thanks for <laughs> not just writing me off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I remember we spoke that day when um, – it was a really sunny day and I was in the car, wasn't I? I was coming back from somewhere um, and we spoke and I was like, Holly, I'm so ready. I've, I've literally, a light bulb has gone off in my head. I, I yeah, I was hesitating. I was really apprehensive. I was feeling a bit um, daunted by it. I just, all, all these feelings and I couldn't really work out what was going on. Um, and I think I, I think I said at the time, um, I, I like the, the phrase, let it marinate for a while. So like, let the thoughts um, marinate in, in my brain and mm -hmm. in, in my head. Um, and sometimes they just by themselves come out and, and show you what's going on. Um, and, and that's really what happened. Um, I really wanted to do the podcast. We'd already agreed that I would do it. And this thing that blocked me it turns out was that I was actually feeling afraid of people's reactions um, because I I haven't really been particularly outspoken about being child-free by choice. Like my close friends know that we're not planning on having children. Um, I suspect that some of them think that we're probably going to change our minds. And I suspect that we have quite a lot of family members who 
wish that we would change our minds or think that we probably will or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I realized that I was actually quite scared of what people would say. And then it suddenly hit me that what I was feeling and the reason that I was feeling this is because there is a huge amount of stigma around deciding not to have children. And maybe this sounds massively obvious, but it really wasn't obvious to me. Like it, and, and, and suddenly in that realization of, oh my God, there is massive stigma around this. It was okay that I felt apprehensive. It was okay that I felt hesitant. It was okay mm. that I was feeling really daunted about it. And I still am in this moment where we're talking and I know that this is part of what's going to go out to the world, right? And who might listen to it and who, who might hear it. But the fact that I know that there is this serious stigma and, and quite a lot of judgment still associated with, with this decision, um, it was really freeing. Because I was like, well, okay, if if people don't like it, then that isn't my problem. And in the same way that people still don't like homosexuals, don't like transgender, don't like all of all of insert all the words for the things that <laughs> carry a stigma. Mm -hmm. Like this does in a similar way. And um for some for some reason that removed whatever was was blocking me and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, as you, I think said, step into the truth of who I am and what I want. And I'm going to say it out loud and hopefully for other people that will be equally freeing and helpful and useful. Mm, I love that. So you, is that, was that was your, um, like your light bulb moment of maybe realizing that because I'm assuming like, you know, from our conversations, what you're telling me now is that you kind of felt a little bit of guilt and like, why am I not doing this? And then you had that moment of like, oh yeah, it's because there is a stigma and there's a lot of judgment realizing, but that's their issue. That's not yeah, my issue. Um, I don't think I felt guilty about it. Not in okay. the true sense, like the, the kind of standard sense. I think I, I felt bad I almost felt bad about my decision because I know how people feel about it. Like I felt bad on their behalf, weirdly. Um, but yeah, that, that was my definite light bulb moment. It's okay that I feel the way I do and that doesn't necessarily have to go away. Um, but I can now go forwards because I've, I've worked it out. And and what do you remember what caused that light bulb moment did you read something or was it just just letting it marinate it was definitely just leaving it there to marinate by itself that helped mm -hmm. but I think I think I did just kind of sit down and go like what is going on to myself you know I, I, I think I did because, <laughs> I, because I was like this is this is so strange I I volunteered I said I wanted to do this we've tried to organize it and I keep like backing down Are you, is it a confidence thing like what is it so I think after a little bit of um a little bit of waiting actually sort of confronting it with myself was was a, a key moment as well <laughs> oh I think that I love that so much because it's very much that um you know not forcing what's not there but also kind of sitting in what's causing you that rub you know because you could have just forced through and be like I'm just going to do it but you may not have ever worked through this piece of it to get you more confident in the end mm -hmm. so sometimes it is just sitting in our yeah, stuff and, and <laughs> you know your the whole ethos of your podcast is chilling and chilling in their truth people chilling in their truth I, I wasn't at that point mm -hmm. chilling in the truth like and so mm -hmm. I think it's more honest and you know it's, it's truer in a way to to do it having realized that having having kind of taken that step towards working working through things a bit more um and I think what was also really important although I didn't really realize it until it happened um 
what was really important was having another conversation with my husband about the whole thing because we've been quite clear since we first got together that neither of us really want to have children and it and just so I, I suppose anyone listening knows we we weren't ever both like we don't want children we hate children we have always been very much it's not something that we really really want and therefore we're not going to do it it's not something that we feel we really 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 want to add to our lives and therefore until such point as that's mm -hmm. how we feel we shouldn't we shouldn't have any children because it, it's such a massive deal um but but i more recently have have obviously kind of stepped into this child free by choice movement if you can call it that um and or community that's probably a better word and um and you know that uh, that was when we first met that's how we how we felt about it and and now and the conversation we had only recently we both said you know we we still don't really want them or don't want them um and we don't think we have a will because it's not the kind of life that we want mm -hmm. and I think I said this to you Holly before that I, <laughs> I having having spent 15 years as a project manager thinking about risk and thinking about um contingency plans and and all that kind of thing there is a small part of me that is like well, what if I change my mind what am I going to do then am I going to have these huge regrets like what am I going to do then and so that small part of me is the bit that goes okay well if you change your mind you can adopt Continue plan made done mm -hmm. put it in a drawer leave it there <laughs> um, and it is a very small part and it's and I think it's more my brain going but you should never say never because you never know and I agree I do agree mm. obviously some people feel very strongly in one direction or the other and I think everybody has their own way of expressing these things and of feeling these things of course like and so I say this with only talking about myself that and, and Tom and I had this conversation and he said you know you're doing all this stuff with the podcast and you and you're finding all these people online and I think that's really great but like where are you with it like where are we with it and he said mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm I don't I, I have nothing's changed I, I don't want a kid um and I said well if anything I am further towards you with all of it I I was very wobbly about it for a while and would go back and forth about what was right and you know our life and what did I really want like what does it mean for me as a woman like all this stuff and around and around and around and around and, around. and mm -hmm. this was kind of a, a a light bulb moment the light bulb moment I suppose that made me start looking for content and trying to find other people um because I went wait a minute the only reason that I'm constantly questioning everything is because I'm surrounded on all sides friends and family by people who have children tried to have children and couldn't are trying to have children are planning to have children all of these <laughs> you know and and or have got children and I was just like okay I need to find some people who fit much more with this way of thinking and if I feel comfortable in that community and I can go oh okay thank goodness me I'm not having to like constantly check if I'm doing the right thing and constantly defend myself because whilst I say I haven't really ever been sort of persecuted in any particular way um no like no one's ever been angry with me about saying I, I don't really want to have children I've definitely faced you know oh you'll you'll change your mind oh are you sure like have you thought about this that and the other um oh well you know as soon as you get pregnant like your your mind and your body like they get they get you ready for it and like you have nine months to prepare and all this stuff and and I it would make me so uncomfortable but I would still be like well these people have had children like anyway I would I would I would just go round and round and round in circles and then I went hold on a minute it's not normal to 
be surrounded by people who don't think the same as you and constantly try and defend your, your position mm-hmm. like that's not a normal way to be or it's not an easy way to be all the time and so yeah and after I had found your podcast and I found some some other stuff quite a lot of other stuff on Instagram actually um and kind of consciously decided to try and cultivate friendship friendships with a couple of people that I know through another friend um who actually also are I mean I would call them child free bush I don't know what they call themselves but yeah they 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 are women who are not having children um and that and that was massively helpful and massively empowering and when did you um when did you kind of find this, this group and like, how did finding, you know, content and podcasts and groups and people, what did that do for your kind of second guessing and the doubts that were running through your mind? I felt so relieved and I felt so, um, Mm. I, I, I was one part of my questioning was like, is it normal? Like, why do I feel like this when I'm, we're told from all sides that you know this is the natural thing and all that stuff and I was brought up in quite a um conservative Christian household where my I mean my mom my mom's pretty forward thinking she's she's very into her career and she's very liberal but Christians in general tend to be quite sort of you know we're here to procreate right um, and especially when you get married, mm-hmm. people expect you to have children. And so I think part of my questioning and feeling unsure was was due to that, you know, like the things that are ingrained in you from when you're a child are quite difficult to shake off. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt so relieved and I felt so, um, it was so nice to not question whether I was normal because I, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what your experience is and kind of why you landed on um, not having children. But one of the things that has always been very kind of strong in my decision making for me is I've never felt any kind of physical pull or need or anything at all. I think babies are quite sweet, but I love the fact that I don't have one in my house. Um, <laughs> well I don't have to like, from do distance. any of the stuff that I consider quite disgusting um and you know p- people talk about oh I just have this like physical urge to reproduce and I'm like well that's great I have a physical urge to drink champagne um, <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know like like you like you always say you chill in your truth and with grace um encourage the encourage others in theirs and yeah yeah relief and and like I found somewhere that I could belong I think is the answer to your question mm-hmm. well and I think it's you know and I'm sure I don't know you know because you guys live outside um, of London we live, correct yeah we live in London technically but we um nobody lives in the center London, of okay. London unfortunately we live we live about 10, 15 minutes away from Wimbledon. So we live in Southwest. Yeah. <gasps> uh, I Wimbledon was on our bucket list this year. It's going to have to next year. You have a but... day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just have... Yeah, exactly. I have friends there. And I think that that's, you know, it's so interesting. You talk about, like, the community and, you know, because I know, like, in the States, there's still, it's shifting. But in the States, there's still, like, a real, you know, you kind of get married and you have kids. And it's, like, that's just the progression. And. I'm assuming it's the same way where you are Um, because I it's so interesting ever since I started working more in this community I've built relationships with you know people like yourself and other you know people that kind of build these communities for child-free women but I don't have any friends really that are child-free by choice as far as my close circle and so it's been really interesting to meet people that are like you that get the way you feel Um, there is a connection not to discount all the other friendships we have, but there is power and a sense of security and like a relief to be around people that you're like, okay, I don't have to defend and they understand why I made this decision. Um, And so it's been very interesting for me even to kind of step into a community 
that I didn't know I was missing. Yeah, well, I and actually, if we break it down, all friendships are based on some kind of shared interest or, or shared thing, right? Um, mm. And so in a way, that's what we're all doing. But it somehow is much more intimate, and you know, and, and personal to, to meet people with this basis. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. You know, I, I don't have any... I have these two women that I know who are very good friends with somebody that we're all mutual friends with. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of trying to cultivate those two friendships. They're sort of, we go out together and we have a great time. Um, and then we don't really meet up by ourselves. So it's kind of not quite there yet <laughs> with being friendships in terms of, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of that. But yeah, I, I, um, I have a couple of, friends who are single and therefore child-free because they are um I yeah mm-hmm. before I started kind of looking for people I I um well I am I suppose the same as you I don't I have no one in my friendship group who ever sat down and went I don't want to have children I'm not going to have children um yeah mm-hmm. absolutely right and and, and no. Well, I, no, 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 you go. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, one thing, and kind of a kind of a shift in topic, but I kind of want to go back to the conversation you had with your husband and y'all, because you said you're a project manager and checking out the risk and all that, and like your contingency plan. Because um, I think that's such a great sense of relief for women, you know, either making this decision or other big decisions, right? Like, this is what I want, but let's say I change my mind. First of all, I, it's, it's my life. I can change my mind whenever I want to, you know, I can be child-free for 20 years and decide to have a kid in 50 and it's nobody's business, but my own. Um, but also to that contingency plan of what that felt like to say, Hey, we don't want kids, but let's just say we get a wild hair. Like here's our plan to do that. Like, cause I think it's especially interesting as we're going into this COVID, mm-hmm. like what happens next for us, like to have these contingency plans. So what was that? like for you guys to say, hey, we don't want kids and we're both like 99% sure we don't, but what's our plan in case that 1% pops up? I think for me, it comes out of the complexity that that, that we are as humans. So I I feel that having a child should be a very conscious decision. And I know for a lot of people it is, I'm not saying that in a judgy way, but I also know that there are a lot of people who just say oh well yeah okay like that seems like the next thing to do let's do that or like oops we got pregnant now we're gonna have a child you know that, that it, there are a lot of times where it happens and it isn't isn't very conscious and for me that that just doesn't sit well first of all I, I think it has to be very conscious mm-hmm. and so that's why it, and it, it's something that has has always been very well thought through and in either direction um and the complexity for me means that it isn't it isn't entirely clear cut. So there's, I look at it as almost, almost a, a loads of layers or, 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 or some sort of pie built up of different pieces, but there's this very large piece that's like, no, no children. Um, and, and yes to the life that we have with no children. Then there's actually this other piece of me that um, feels sad, and that was that was quite a big mm-hmm. moment for me when I acknowledged that I feel sadness about not wanting to have children, and that that's okay. Just because I don't want to have children, it doesn't mean that I have to be sort of dancing around happy about it all the time. I'm I'm an only child, so mm. I don't have the sibling thing. I also don't have um, much contact with uh, sort of wider family circles on either side because, as we said, I live in London and my dad is from America. And although he lives here, his family all live in America. Um, And we moved around quite a lot when I was a child and a teenager. And so the, the people who I spent my childhood with not all of them are still around and so really my family is just me and my mom and you would think on some level that I want to now create a big family and and have that like big family experience but 
for whatever reason I don't but uh, just my being able to acknowledge my own like small piece of sadness about the fact that I won't create a family and I won't see what a child from me and my husband would look like that was also really freeing to be like it's okay to feel on one level in the complexity of this whole thing Mm -hmm. sadness So did that sadness um, bring up confusion for you no. on if this was the right decision or not? No, it's funny. It didn't. It was it was just like there. And I think um, I didn't really identify mm. what it was for, for a while. I was like, I think it was part of me feeling quite uncomfortable about the whole thing um, and uncomfortable about being completely honest and open with people about it um, and all, all that stuff. And then when I have been able to since I've been been able to unpick everything and look at all of it and go oh okay that's why I feel like that well that's okay that's how I feel and I will just say this like I I, um started seeing a therapist six or seven years ago for, for various reasons and I will always remember what she said to me when I first went to see her the very first session after the hello, how are you, you know, put your coat here, you sit here, I sit here thing. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, first of all, this is completely safe for you to say whatever you like. This is your time. And I'm here to listen and and I will, if you want me to, I, I, I'll offer help and guidance. And then she said something that I will I will never forget, I just burst into tears immediately, just burst into tears. She said, you feel how you feel. It isn't right or wrong, it's how you feel. And that is absolutely 100% okay. And that was so powerful for me Mm -hmm. to be told that there was no judgment in either direction because sometimes the positive, like, oh, that's great that you feel that way can be just as unhelpful as the, oh my God, I can't believe you feel like that. And and I just, I've tried to mm-hmm. like carry that with me and I try and share it in, in moments where I think it would be useful for people because we, we, we judge ourselves so much for how we feel, how we approach things, how, we, how much we get done on any single day. And um, it, it's, not, it's not fair. Like we, you know, somebody else once said to me, we, we hear what we say to ourselves. So we must be nice. Um, and that's so true. Like we, if we say, oh, I hate how I look in this. I'm like, oh, I'm so unproductive. Oh, I'm so this. Like we absorb all of that, all of that stuff that we say about ourselves. Our mind hears it, our spirits feel it. And, and it's, we have to be nice. We have to be caring and kind to ourselves. Um, and I, I tr- always kind of tried to, adopt this philosophy I suppose of I will not should on myself today because it's so damaging Mm -hmm. like if you want to do something do it if you don't want to do something don't do it and what I try and do if I'm like I just want to eat all the chips and I want to eat all the pies and (laughs) I just want to sit in front of the tv what I'm trying now to do (laughs) is to say okay you want to do that now, but if you do that, how will you feel later? If you'll feel fine about having done that later and you won't be giving yourself guilt trips or anything, then you go right ahead and you do it. If you think you're going to feel bad later, then maybe just only do a bit of it. Only have some of the chips, not all of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, and it just... I just think we have like being kinder and 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 being able to just being able to feel what we feel without the meanness that often comes is is so it's just mm-hmm. it's just in such a lesson for me. Um, and my and my husband is is he's so much better than that, but better than me at that. He he will quite happily have a day of sleeping and gaming and relaxing and he feels no guilt at all because he thinks that there's an awful lot of point and um use and and need for relaxing 
quiet downtime. Um, and yeah, I know. And I think, like you said, just taking out the judgment of our feelings and our actions. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, you don't, sadness is not a bad thing. Anger is not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Like that's all normal reactions to life. Um, you know, and you can still be sad and angry and still be optimistic and positive and forward, but it's okay to feel those things and not, cause I know I'll, I still struggle with this is feeling a lot of guilt when I feel sad or feeling like, why can't you just get out? Like you're fine. Like, you know, you, you don't let yourself sit in it and move through it and come out stronger on the other side. And it's not a bad thing to have a lazy day, especially I know we're all dealing with stress in such interesting times right now um, that if you need to just take a day or two days or a week, um, that's okay. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I don't know too, maybe if men, don't put as much pressure on themselves as women like why your husband or it's just his personality you know why is it okay for him yeah I don't really know I, I still struggle with thinking that he's really lazy <laughs> Although, <laughs> yeah. um it's like a balance but you know like I'm not working right so I quit my job in January and um I was gonna change career and then this happened so now I'm just on permanent holiday right so I have to, mm-hmm. I, had, I now have the opposite problem. I have no reason really to do anything, right? Like to, if I have no, nobody else is standing there going, boy, do, do this. Otherwise you don't get paid or like, you know. And so really I could just do nothing mm-hmm. all day, every day. Um, technically, I suppose. But I mean, I can't because I have a massive puppy who needs walking at like six o'clock in the morning. And um, I can't stand to be in a dirty house. So I'm constantly cleaning. Um, and I feel <laughs> a sense of responsibility because he is working and paying the bills that I need to be, I need to make sure that our home is, is nice to be in and that we have nice food to eat. And, and so, you know, my, my purpose has become essentially to, to make a nice home and make nice food. Uh, and I honestly, I know that this is a hard situation and I know that I have it very, very easy compared to lots of people, for which I'm very, very grateful to a large degree. I am loving this complete holiday from normal life. What about it? Like, what's bringing you the most kind of so, joy and fulfillment? I love gardening. I love cooking. And I love kind of being creative around the house. So my new shelf here that I painted a different color or, um, you know, any other like decor things. I love being, I love planting stuff in the garden. I've moved some stuff around, making it look nice, making sure things are growing well, like moving them if they're not. I've planted a bunch of seeds. Um, I have, yes, just yesterday I started sanding down our kitchen worktops because they're this wood that needs kind of like sanding and oiling. I'm going to do some painting. And I think just being able to do all of this, and believe me, there's been a lot of Netflix and Amazon and and junk food uh, and making a cake and then eating the whole thing in like two days. Um, Not saying I haven't done any of that. But I'm I'm loving the fact that I have no outside pressure <laughs> about what I should or should not be doing, and mm. I don't have to say, do you know what? Um, I I don't really want to come and do that thing that my group of friends are doing. I want to stay at home, and I I think that partly I had not really realised what huge stress. I'd been under for quite a long time with my job um and I I mean I had realized which is why I quit Mm -hmm. and decided I I don't want to do this anymore but I don't think that we as kind of adults career-driven adults living in um the the age that we do realize how much of a how much of an impact stress has and then how much we need to recover from it. Um, 
you know, and I, I kind of think about it as like scales in a way. Um, if I, if I am stressed for eight hours, well, how many hours do I need to be calm and relaxed for to, to combat the eight hours, probably more than eight hours. Right. Um, so yeah, I kind of, um, oh, yeah. obviously, as you said before, feelings are complex and situations are complex, but whilst I, you know, whilst I miss my family and my friends that I can find a huge amount of enjoyment in the fact that I don't have to do anything or be anywhere. And I am entirely, um, able to choose myself how I fill my days and what I put my energy into and it's it you know to a degree it's it's absolutely lovely it's interesting I've talked to a lot of people who feel very similar I think obviously we're you know understand the ramifications of this um and that it's, we're going to be healing it for a long time. But I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I've enjoyed this piece of it. And I've made me stop and look at, you know, am I getting distracted by all these other things in life that I'm not really spending time on what I want to do? And it, it's kind of funny. It's almost like it's removed all the shoulds out of our life, right? Like now we just have to deal with what we've got in front of us and not with plans or accomplishments or whatever. So we're just kind of stripping it yeah, all away and a little more say, bare oh, I wish I could just to the world. And then I could catch up or, um, you know, I wish I had time to do this, that or the other. And now hopefully a lot of those wishes are granted, um, you know, albeit in a very strange way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, for me at this particular time in my life where I've come out of a really stressful period of time, um, and where I, I wanted to make a big change anyway, I'm I'm not suffering that much. I'm I'm struggling with not seeing people. Um, and I'm struggling mm-hmm. with not seeing my parents um and my good friends. Cause I'm I'm an extrovert in lockdown with an introvert. <laughs> Which is pretty interesting for both of us. <laughs> um, I I have to say my my dog walking friends who I see in the park every morning we, we stand two meters apart and we uh we chat that is really keeping me sane um but yeah yes there needs to be a case study on the extroverts <laughs> and with the introverts during this time and how we're all faring <laughs> so you know what will you kind of what will be different from you like emerging so, from this time I definitely feel that my I want my life to be emptier of stuff and mm-hmm. yeah I, I want there to be much more space for creativity for just being and doing things that I love like gardening like hanging out like cooking and I want the things that are in it to be really high quality so I'm making an effort to really cultivate those friendships that are dear to me and that serve me or where we serve each other really well so and the ones that aren't maybe so natural or that can be a bit contentious I'm not saying that I'm like throwing them out but I'm just that's not where my effort is directed it's like I said it's everything's very complex on on one level I am really enjoying this on another level sometimes I'm like this is so difficult I haven't seen any of my friends for such a time um you know I'm so missing my mom I decided to change career and now I'm stuck because I can't do anything um, to advance that in any way. And so, yeah, I'm kind of having to just enjoy this, this like limbo of, of... Well, it's kind of like how you talked about, you know, with your decision to really kind of you know, be child-free, but you're also sad. Like you can find, you can be stressed out and worried about this, but you can also find joy in this experience as well. It doesn't have to be either or. It is complex. There's some days 
that I think all of us are waking up feeling very overwhelmed. What does the world look like after this? What does travel look like this? What does my career look like after this? But also sit there and be like, you know what? It was really nice just to play a board game with my spouse and catch up with people in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. And finding peace in both of those. And I'm also a believer, like, you know, we can't spend all our time (laughs) worrying and we can't spend all our time not planning and just enjoying it. Like there's a good balance for most things, right? Like I can't have all those bad, I mean, I could, but, um, you know, it's this balance of it. And, you know, we talk about feeling the feels and like sitting in it. And I found that with clients I work with and myself, like when we don't sit in our stuff and work through it, like it's going to keep on coming back until we do. So in some way it's going to manifest itself (laughs) until you're having to face it and kind of work through it. Um, and really kind of dig into what that looks like. So I think like, I love that you said that, like it's, it's valid to sit in your sadness or your fear and not sugarcoat it and be like, that's fine. Yep. That's fine. Cause Definitely. I think we all have a tendency to do that as well. Well, I, I, we didn't get even to talk all the things, um, but any, I want to be cognizant of your time and for everybody listening out there, um, you know, somebody who's kind of worked through, you know, leaving a job, um, child-free, kind of figuring out what her next plan is. Any advice for anybody out there um, that's listening that's kind of like, ah, I'm just like, how do I make this big decision? Like, what what do, what do advice Ooh, would you give somebody um, who's kind of contemplating well, a big decision? I am not very good at following my gut. And so when people, when, you know, people Mm. are asked that question I often say just trust your instinct follow your gut I'm like but I I'm not very good at that I'm a second guesser I'm I'm somebody who oh but what about what about this and what if I did that and and so I suppose as someone who who often the answer to that question is is not hugely helpful because that's just not how I work I would say for me, the, the thing that is most effective in terms of making a big decision is how I actually like feel emotionally about it. So if I write it on a piece of paper, like what's my reaction? Um, but also in terms of like career and um, you know, just like lifestyle. Think about what you want, like think about what you want your life to look like, and and how you want your day to day to be, mm-hmm. because that's really what that's really what drove me to to make the decision that I I need to make a change. It, it has to, I I have to kind of look at my heart, and then I have to look at all of the evidence in a way, <laughs> like. And and when I say that, I mean, I was, I was so stressed and I was so emotionally like wound so tight and impatient and and all of these things. And I've had moments like in the last few months when I've not been working and um, I've been much more relaxed and I've gone, oh my Lord, think about how I would have reacted to that situation before. Goodness me, I feel so patient today, you know, and and you, mm-hmm. when you can like look at yourself from outside a little bit, it's quite interesting to kind of go, okay, yeah, we're on the right track. This is good. So I don't know. If that was... mm-hmm. I love that. So equal part, like trust your heart and listen to your heart, but also kind of look at how you want for your life. Because obviously we um, probably if we take just one of those into account it's I definitely maybe do be the best in order to decision in order to factor you got away on both um because like I said I'm not I'm not very good at yeah I mean maybe I need to practice more mindfulness or something to I don't know maybe I need to practice to get more in tune with my gut but I don't really think that my gut is necessarily what tells me um 100 I think I just it's like we said before about um making the decision to to be child free it's not black or white it's not yes or no these things are complex and not only do they take working out but they they have so many layers 
within them mm-hmm. and that all need looking at and are valid and so yeah for me these things are never just one there's never one way there's never one way of looking at it or one answer it's always a kind of collection of the different complexities and then you go okay so therefore this equals whatever it equals that's right for you thank you so much for tuning in i want to wrap up with kind of the three takeaways from this conversation for me that i thought were really powerful and first is what we touched on in the intro is about the stigma that being a child-free woman carries. And this is also very similar to anything else you're doing in your life that's different that people don't understand that carries a stigma. They are powerful. We cannot discount what society thinks of our decisions, the thoughts, the assumptions that people have on us if we make a decision that's different than the norm. And I love that she said when she realized that's what that was, it really freed her. It, it You would think it would almost scare her to do that. But then she said, no, that's why I feel so bad because this does carry a big stigma. And that really gave her the courage to step out and share her story. The second piece is talking about the sadness she has also felt with this decision of being child-free. And I love this because I think that a lot of people think you just make a decision and there's other stuff that doesn't come with it. And I know that I have had some sadness about this decision and it doesn't mean that I doubt my decision or it's not the right one, but there are thoughts that come up that you're like, oh, I won't have that opportunity or I won't have that experience. And that it's okay to have both of those. And that, you know, it's not, again, like we talked about at the beginning, it's not an all or nothing. It's not all joy and no sadness. It's not all sadness and no joy. Um, But really being able to recognize that and say, I am sad about this piece of what I will miss out, but always tying back, but this is why I made this decision. And the third thing that I thought was great is talked about kind of a contingency plan. She talked about being working in risk management and how that was important to her and how, you know, her and her husband have said, if we do change our mind, here's what we can do. And I think this is great. I think that it gives a lot of us who are planners an opportunity and the space to say, hey, this is what I want, but if it changes, this is what we can do. Or I do have the power because it's my life to make, to change my decision of, being child-free in this circumstance. And I I just love that they've had that conversation and kind of put a plan into place if things do change. Because I think that when we do have a plan like that and we've thought through what it could look like, it frees up so much in us to have peace with our decision. And it's not... um, it's not as um, constraining of a decision knowing you could change your mind. And so those are kind of the three things I took away. I would love to hear back from you on what your thoughts are. As always, you can email me at holly at hollycrevo.com. And I would also love, love, love if you are enjoying these podcasts, if you could give me a review on iTunes or Spotify, that would be so very appreciated. And thank you again for tuning in. And whatever it is you're working on, please know I'm rooting for you. Have a great day.